Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. A computer hard drive holds hundreds of secrets. Every keystroke, every download, every deletion tells a story. But if someone downloads a song about murder, does it make him a killer? It was a hot August night in Jacksonville, Florida, and a time of celebration for April and Justin Barber. It was their third wedding anniversary, and April was about to finish her training as a radiology technician. April Barber had gone into uh, the field of oncology, uh, specifically um, radiology-type treatment for cancer patients, which was inspired by her mother's death with cancer. Justin had good news, too. He just got a job as a financial analyst for a large lumber company. He was a very good guy. I mean, he's very smart, very successful. Uh, everything going for him. I mean, just like my sister. I mean, they were two of a kind, I guess. The couple's anniversary dinner was at an Italian restaurant. Later, they took a walk along the beach. Their romantic evening ended there when a man with a gun demanded money. April diverted the man's attention. Justin tried to grab the gun. Shots were fired. And that's the last thing Justin remembered. When he regained consciousness, he realized he had been shot and was bleeding. He found April unconscious and face down in the water. Justin dragged April's body about 100 yards toward their car, but his wounds made it impossible to carry her up the long flight of stairs. So he left her near the boardwalk and drove for help. He flagged down a motorist a few miles away. Well, I think somebody's been shot. Is he conscious at all? Yeah, he's conscious. They're trying to keep him that way. Okay, do you see a gunshot wound, Sean? Gunshot or stab. Oh, so he's bleeding. I can't actually tell. Justin told the ambulance crew that April was down on the beach. By the time they got there, she was dead from a single gunshot wound to her face. People were calling me, telling me my sister was shot. And I was in shock. It was... I mean, it was nothing I expected. At the hospital emergency room, doctors treated Justin for four gunshot wounds. He survived, but was unable to provide a good description of their attacker. Justin couldn't see his face, and it's too dark. And truthfully, I believe that it is too dark to see anybody's face out there. At the beach... Police didn't find much evidence, just the impressions from Justin dragging April's body in the sand. And the tides were rising. Soon, there would be nothing left of the crime scene. 
Initially, it looked like a robbery gone wrong. A man demanded money from April and Justin Barber while they were walking on the beach, and they were both shot. But robbery may not have been the motive. When they looked at April Barber's body, she had on her jewelry an expensive ring, earrings, and her watch. If this were a robbery, why was nothing taken? At the autopsy, the medical examiner discovered foam around April's mouth. The foam was still present around her nose or mouth or both, and it's due to the damage the salt water causes to the lining of the lung. Dr. Steiner also noticed that the blood from April's gunshot wound was on top of the foam. This meant that April had almost drowned but survived and was shot afterwards. My conclusions were that she had suffered a near-drowning episode and she had been shot while she was alive. If she had been dead from the drowning, there wouldn't have been any vital reaction to the gunshot. There wouldn't have been hemorrhage into the sinus. But why did the autopsy findings differ from Justin's version of the incident? It would be very traumatic. The incident itself was very traumatic to him if it had occurred as he stated. His wife is now missing. He's been shot four times. And I wouldn't expect a lot of detail from a person who just went through that type of traumatic experience. Eventually, as Justin recuperated from his wounds, he provided a much better description of the assailant, good enough for police to create a sketch. He was taller than me heavier but he wasn't he wasn't overweight right. strong right uh his shirt was dark it was baggy it was a t-shirt right uh he had a dark hat on like a, like a baseball cap incredibly the police sketch resembled a local man 30 year old david allen shuey who had previous arrest for sexual assault In fact, Shuey allegedly used a gun while committing an assault on the same beach where Justin and April were shot. He went down to the beach to find a female. She was sunbathing, like, topless on the beach. Gentleman somehow confronted her, certainly intended on doing some type of sexual assault, sexual battery to her. Fortunately, the victim got away, but she later identified Shuey as her attacker. So police questioned Shuey regarding his whereabouts on the night of April Barber's murder. He denied any involvement and claimed he had an alibi. We ran all his credit cards because he was all over the country, unfortunately, committing rapes. We know from his credit card records that he was in Connecticut with, living with his fiancée at the time of this homicide. So we absolutely know he was not the assailant. Next... Investigators looked into Justin Barber's background. I talked to Justin, and I said, well, tell me about your marriage. We had a happy and normal marriage. Have you ever had an affair? No, never. But investigators dug deeper and learned that Justin was having an affair with his tennis partner, Shannon Kennedy. So I'd say, Justin, listen, here's the deal. I got Shannon in the next room. She's saying y'all are engaged in an extramarital affair. I'm going to bring her in here, and we're going to get to the bottom of it. He's like, no, don't do that. We are. I don't want to get her involved. So I'm thinking, well, why in the heck is this guy lying about this? I mean, your wife is dead. 
don't lie to the guy that's trying to help you. I mean, who knows where that could lead. And April's friends told police that she knew all about her husband's affair. I mean, she told everybody would listen to her. Justin's having an affair. I know he is. I confronted him about it. At the, the time, it appeared that he was only dating one other person, um, but um, it, it appeared that he had as many as, as five extramarital affairs uh, and during the three-year marriage. Police asked Justin Barber for permission to search his home, and he was happy to comply. He also made his computer available. Justin's computer went to Chris Hendry of Florida's Computer Evidence Recovery Section. When I made a copy of Justin's home computer hard drive, the next thing I did was go through and look for anything that would have been deleted, such as folders and files. One of the first things Henry noticed was that Justin downloaded a song onto his computer just hours before his wife's death. The lyrics are violent. They're about killing somebody. It was a song by the group Guns and Roses with the lyrics, I used to love her, but I had to kill her. She drove me nuts, and now I'm happier this way. It's kind of strange. This is deleted hours before we actually got the machine. Was this merely a coincidence? After all, it was only a song. Justin Barber told police that a robber shot his wife April in the head and shot him four times while they were walking on the beach. He claimed he passed out, later regained consciousness, and found his wife face down in the ocean. Forensic evidence contradicted parts of Justin's story. She had evidence of abrasions on her collarbone, by her ear, and on the back of the neck. They are consistent with force or pressure uh, being placed there. Uh, could this have been caused by forcefully being held in the water? Yes. And on Justin's computer, forensic experts found evidence of a possible motive. Apparently, Justin had been trading stocks on the internet and he wasn't doing very well. We have his e-trading. He got himself quickly into dollars $60,000 in debt just on that. It didn't appear that any of his trades really paid off and lost quite a bit of money. To cover the losses, Justin borrowed money against his credit cards at very high interest rates. You can't get any worse than that. I mean, you're borrowing money at 21% to pay off money that you lost in the stock market. Justin Barber should have been a little bit brighter with his money. I mean, that was the time of low interest home equity loans. That's really significant when you talk about somebody who's a finance major and has an MBA in business. And also it's important to note the psychological effects of, of a lot of consumer debt. That affects people's psyche. Also suspicious, investigators learned that April owned a $2 million life insurance policy, which she bought primarily to support her younger brother and sister in the event of her death. No, we didn't have our mother, we didn't have our father. And so April felt like it was her responsibility to take care of us. You know, and if something happened to her, and Justin knew that too, and that was a big part of the 
reason for those. But Justin was the sole beneficiary, which meant he could have done anything he wanted with the money. Was this enough motive to kill his wife and then shoot himself four times to cover it up? Risky, but um, people do a lot of crazy things for over $2 million. Using an ultraviolet light, crime scene reconstructionist Jerry Findlay examined the shirt Justin was wearing on the night of the attack. You could see some visible gunshot residue or what appeared to be gunshot residue. And looking at it with the ultraviolet light, I wanted to see the extent of the pattern. The gunshot residue could have come from Justin being in close contact with the assailant. But the angles of the bullet wounds to Justin's body were another matter. One shot went through his left hand. The other three shots were directed away from vital organs and bone. A remarkable coincidence. To me, the location of them was not consistent with a, with a mugger, even somebody struggling over a gun. If you've already shot and killed one person and you've shot another one four times, you're not going to leave a witness. Investigators also analyzed April's clothing and found another inconsistency. Justin claimed that he carried April's body 100 yards up to the base of the stairs after they had both been shot by the assailant. One of the gunshot injuries that he had sustained is on his left hand. So his hand would have been bleeding, bleeding quite a bit, and there should be blood all over the waistline, the waist, and the front of those pants of April Barber. And in fact, there was none. If she's bleeding from this gunshot, one, she did not have it on her body or clothing, and he doesn't have it on his. So I, I think that that speaks for itself. And by the direction the blood traveled from the wound, investigators could tell April's body had not been moved after she was shot. Blood flow on April Barber was in one direction, which was straight down to the left from the gunshot wound. And if the body had been moved in various positions, the blood flow would have changed. And finally, there was something else that bothered investigators. Why didn't Justin use April's cell phone that was in her purse in the car? Why wouldn't he just call on her cell phone anyway and get help? He had to get rid of the gun. Unfortunately, police couldn't find the murder weapon in the thick vegetation along the 10-mile stretch of road. But they did discover one last tantalizing piece of evidence on Justin's computer. Almost more valuable than finding the murder weapon. On Justin Barber's computer, forensic experts found email evidence of his extramarital affairs and financial records proving he was deeply in debt. But that wasn't all. Forensic experts also discovered that in the weeks and months leading up to April's murder, Justin searched various websites looking for information on blood loss and gunshot wounds to the right chest. What's the chances of somebody researching that thing very specifically, gunshot wounds to the right chest, and then six months later getting shot in the right chest? 
I just don't believe that's possible. Prosecutors believe that when April Barber learned about her husband's infidelity and his financial problems, she wanted a divorce. Prosecutors also believe that Justin wanted the $2 million from April's life insurance policy. So he searched computer websites to learn how to shoot himself without inflicting serious injury. Justin believed if he drove to the hospital with gunshot wounds, everyone would believe his robbery story. Justin Barber wanted it all. He wanted, in my belief, to show up with his bride in the SUV at the hospital as a hero, as somebody who is not only a hero but also a victim. Collect the money, have everybody feel sorry for him, move on with his life from there. But it didn't turn out that way. They say when you commit a homicide, you make about 30 mistakes, and you can't remember but about five. The first mistake that night happened just after 5 p.m. Justin downloaded the Guns and Roses song, I used to love her, but I had to kill her. Prosecutors believe that April told Justin over dinner that she wanted a divorce. After that, Justin enticed April to go for a walk along the beach, possibly to continue their discussion about how to end their marriage amicably. But right away, his plan fell apart. Perhaps April sensed something was amiss, or she saw the gun. Either way, there was a struggle. Justin subdued her by holding her head under the water until she lost consciousness. He then carried her towards the car. But there was no blood transfer because at that point, neither one was bleeding. He fired a single shot into April's head. The blood from her head wound was now on top of the foam produced by the near drowning. Justin then shot himself four times, careful not to break any bones or hit vital organs. But the excruciating pain and the daunting task of carrying April's body up the long flight of stairs required a change of plans. He had no choice but to leave April's body there. Justin got rid of the murder weapon somewhere along the highway, then tried to gather his thoughts and compose a possible explanation for the water in April's lungs. He drove for 10 miles, passing numerous homes and businesses along the way, before he asked a fellow motorist to call 911. Perhaps the oddest piece of forensic evidence was that Justin erased the Guns and Roses song from his computer just an hour or so before turning it over to police. It's hard to hear that he did it. I mean, he was somebody I trusted and that I looked up to. I'm very sad. I mean, there's not a day that goes by that I don't think about my sister. In June of 2006, Justin Barber went on trial for the first-degree murder of his wife, April. The forensic evidence was simply too much to overcome. He was convicted and sentenced to life in prison. Investigators describe it 
as one of the most unusual and cold-blooded cases they've ever seen. If you take somebody like Justin Barber, who's probably a sociopath, who's probably narcissistic, he looks at everything as how it suits him. He did not want the stigma of a divorce. There were no independent witnesses other than the decedent and the murderer. And, you know, there were only two people on that, on that beach. So in this case, forensics made the entire case. But the truth of the matter is, with the physical evidence we have, once we developed it, analyzed it, and had it in its final form and compared it to the story, it revealed that Justin Barber is a liar.